Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. A great lineup for you today. Two hours. Two hours. Um, First, let me say hi to Benny. Hello, Mr. B. You. And then we got Olivia, (laughs) you know, kind of producing the Facebook Live version of this because we are on Facebook Live, but we're also on KKNWAM 1150. We're also on Transformation Talk Radio and, okay, like a bunch of other places, which I don't even remember at this point. Um, But what I want to say is, for me, um, I am so inspired by people whose entire calling is to inspire others. And today's show is about that and, and so much more. And what I mean is probably going to have to take out these earrings, Benny. Are they jingling in my microphone? I don't hear them too bad. I took mine out, so uh, at least we're doing the same thing. (laughs) Yes, yes, for those that are listening. Yes, I have ears. Yes, I have ears. I I took out my nose ring for today, but that's a different show. I haven't gone there yet. (laughs) I know. That's a different show. Um, But this is is what I want to say. Yeah, I was kind of joking with uh, Reverend Rebecca Simon Peter before the show, my very special guest today joining me, because we're going to talk about not just her, her latest book, Dream Like Jesus, you know, deepen your faith and bring the impossible to life. We're not just going to talk about that, because I think the book is a representation of a life, a life of bringing people to the place of possibility understanding what the underpinnings are of spiritual enlightenment, understanding what the messages are of Jesus, Christianity, and beyond here in the United States. Um, And what seems to be happening? What seems to be happening? Now, I will tell you for me, uh, I did refer to her as Reverend, but throughout, may may refer to her as Rebecca, whatever she likes. But the thing I want to say is that when we say yes to exploring a spiritual journey, and I say that because it really was a conscious decision on my part, because my early years, spirituality and religion were not good. So if you're me and you are five years old and six years old, and my mother commits suicide when I'm six, and I'm in Catholic boarding school at a very, very young age. And they made an exception for me because my mom was suffering, uh, and I later found out from alcohol and so forth and so on. But when you experience that at at a young age, and it's not the level of spirituality and Christianity we're going to be talking about today, But when you experience that, what would help me change my perspective after being beat every night in a Catholic boarding school? Mm. Well, what I want to say to you is my stepmom, my Southern Baptist stepmom, my Southern Baptist stepmom that I got to go down the South with and participate in a level of spirituality that I had never seen before. Now, imagine my my mom being born in a little teeny town in Victoria, Virginia. You can like Google that. And when I think about my grandparents, what outhouses, potbelly stove, this is real story. This is for real folks. I talk about them in my book I'm writing. But when I think about that, this kid from the Bronx, the streets, the projects, now in the backwoods of Virginia, and my first Sunday 
service in the church that I had never experienced it before. Laughing, dancing, hooting, hollering, scriptures, things that I had never experienced before. I must say it healed a lot of wounds. So today I want to fast forward to where we are with our spiritual journey through the eyes of my very special guest today. Because when people ask me, why is it that I dream the impossible? Why is it our entire team here at Transformation Talk Radio are not shackled by things in technology and people telling us that we cannot launch a network that will reach 100 networks, that will be 10 channels in about three months? Why is it we don't even think like that? I don't have the answers, but my guest does. <laughs> Reverend Rebecca, great to have you here today. Dr. Pat, uh, you're my kind of people. Uh, thanks for sharing your story. It was really inspiring. I am the last person on the planet, and I will say this, and then you can help, help us understand it. But I am the last person on the planet that ever thought that I could strengthen my relationship with God, mm. that I can strengthen my relationship with Jesus, that mm. I could do it in my way. And I will tell you that part of that for me was getting in a recovery program in 1990. Yep. And so this is not a show about my addiction and that this, not this show. I'm actually going to do another show on that. Well, that's good. I, I got in a recovery program in 1990. So there it is. Do, so do we both have anniversaries? We probably do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I, just a sidebar, and then we'll talk about this. Yeah. I got to understand a whole new way of understanding God from that program. Absolutely. Because nobody ever told me that I could have the God of my understanding. How absolutely. about you? Yeah, How about absolutely. you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love, you know, talking about like you could develop your own understanding of God and how could healing happen and stuff. The thing I love is this understanding that life is not a fixed reality. You know, when I got into recovery program, I was like, it's always going to be this way. I'm always going to eat too much sugar and I'm always going to drink too much of this and I'm always going to smoke too much of that. And it just, it doesn't have to be that way. And that becomes this little model for the whole rest of life. Oh, yeah. I don't always have to be pessimistic. I don't always have to be angry. I don't always have to be suspicious. I don't have to be a victim. What? You know, that's the foundation for me in my whole spiritual journey is that, that understanding life is not a fixed reality. We co-create our realities. And that's, you know, bringing that into the Christian world. Well, there's, there's an interesting topic. And, you know, uh, let me just ta ask you about this for a minute, yeah. because first of all, I want to make sure that we're going to tell you a lot about today, but you have been given awards. And I want to talk about this. You've been given awards for a number of things, but one of them is for a coaching program, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I want to talk with you about that because when people are recognized for things like a coaching program, there's something underneath it mm -hmm. that we should be talking about. Mm -hmm. And what I love is the word renewal. Yeah. You know, I actually was going to launch an entirely different kind of treatment center, and it was called Life Renewal. Huh. Um, couldn't get the funding back then. Mm -hmm. But tell me about the word renewal mm -hmm. and about what this means to create this culture of renewal. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. It's such a pleasure to be here. So I work with church leaders. And what I've noticed is that mostly in churches, and I pastor churches for over a decade, that mostly what's happening in churches is not a culture of renewal, but a culture of reluctance, <laughs> which is so interesting because you think about it. Jesus says, look, whatever you ask for in my name, you'll have it you know, express the deepest wishes of your heart. Just, you know, if you have faith, just even a tiny little bit of faith, you can make all kinds of things happen. And yet what we see in the church is a culture of reluctance. Well, I'm not really a leader. Well, we shouldn't try that. Well, what if we don't have enough money? Well, you know, there's all this sort of what ifs. And um, because I came into Christianity 
from a Jewish background. I was born and raised Jewish, Jewish mom. I read that. Kid. Yeah. And then uh, became an Orthodox Jew because I had this big God experience and then had this Jesus experience, which moved me into the path of discipleship. Um, I, I forget where I was going with that sentence, but I, I have to tell you this. When I, came uh, I could finish that sentence for you. Finish it. Well, where you went to was the same place I went to because I, I can't say I went down the path of being an Orthodox Jew, but I know what it's like to experience Passover and a number of other things because I became a spiritual hitchhiker. Oh, and, right. And yeah. what I mean by that is, okay, give me a ride to this place. Oh, oh wait yeah. a minute. Give me a ride to that place. Yeah. What I think you, in my opinion, what I think you were saying is you can, you can choose to be on the fence. We can choose to be on the fence. Yeah, it hurts. Reluctance is a fence yes, sitter. It is. Well, I remember what I was going to say. So here I come out of this background and I have this Jesus experience, a very Jewish Jesus shows up in a, in a vision, a waking vision, thick, curly, dark beard, curly, you know, brown hair, crinkle around the eyes, just a warm face. And spoke to me came out of nowhere I wasn't expecting him I wasn't looking for him I didn't feel lost nothing like that and yet he spoke to me about this love and this this acceptance I love you I accept you I understand you so here I have this you know I have this miracle happen to me which I didn't know I didn't know was unusual because I wasn't in the Christian world and I get to the church through you know a long journey which I just talk about in the book I wind up in the church, I go to seminary, I get this call to ministry, and I wind up in the church uh, as a minister, and I think there will be miracles. Of course there will be miracles, because look what happened to me. Jesus came, had a burning bush experience, right? And right. I get to church, and what I find is fabulous people, warmth, commitment, dedication, love, and reluctance. <laughs> you know? I, I start to read the Bible, and I'm reading about loaves and fishes. I start to read the New Testament. I knew the Old Testament loaves and fishes, right. people rising from the dead, a little bit of spittle, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody can hear. And in the church, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't think we have enough money, right? And I think, oh, this is what Jesus was talking about. If you just had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, or you could say to this budget constraint, hey, we're not going to pay attention to you, and miracles would happen. So in the program I lead and have developed, creating a culture of renewal, it's an award-winning program, we start with the expectation of renewal, not reluctance. We start with the expectation of there will be miracles. We're here to co-create miracles. And it's not so much about trying harder or doing more, or working 80 hours a week. It's not about that at all. It's about something I think you'll really appreciate, Dr. Pat. Yeah. Shift in mindset. Totally. Shift in mindset. Totally. And so I teach people how to move from the whole idea of being a disciple to an apostle, in other words, from moving from believing in Jesus to believing like Jesus. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I was on a panel once, a spiritual panel, right? Because, yeah. you know, one of the things I do is called street smart spirituality. That's mm. what I'm known for. What do mm. they say in marketing? That's other than Dr. Pat, that's my brand, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so I was on a panel once and I, I remember this and I would like you to comment on this. And I, I was asked by a minister. It was a minister that was, you know, it was a bunch of us up there. I didn't get asked very many questions because I don't refer to myself as reverend anything, right? I don't do that. And so I didn't get any questions until about 20 minutes in. And I'm just sitting there because I found it. Wow, I'm learning a lot. And the question I got was, Dr. Pat, got a question for you. Do you think the glass is half full or half empty? Huh. I said, it's neither. It's overflowing. I don't even know why we asked that stupid question. I mean, and, you know, that was my answer. And you can huh. hear a pin drop, right? And I said, where have we anywhere in any spirit that I know of? Maybe you could help me. Uh, I'm not really trained. But I, my answer was... If you can point to me where any spiritual deity, including the 98 million deities in the Hindi, Hindu relation, mm -hmm. in religion, if you could point to me mm -hmm. where there is a reference to a half of something, 
I mean, you're out in the desert, you got one fish and you got a loaf of bread and then you have a gazillion. Right. It wasn't a half a fish. And I went on about this for 20 minutes. Wow. But but isn't this a philosophy where we think we're halved? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're so right. Because uh, the whole idea of God is abundance. Right. Infinity, unlimitedness. And yet we then go back to this culture of reluctance. Well, maybe it's half full, maybe it's half empty instead of this overflowing abundance. And that's, that's really what I want people to tap into when I'm teaching them how to believe like Jesus or talking with people about that is to believe like he believed. He believed he was one with God. He believed in that inner indivisibility. And my passion and purpose in life is to connect people with their inner divinity. That's yeah. what I'm really about. Is that I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you in your book. um, And uh, so just so you know, I read the book. So I know they give me a lot of questions in advance to ask you. And I am going to ask you a couple of them. But one of the things that I can't help take away from the book is this thread, Mm -hmm. this this one thread throughout here that the word now I'm paraphrasing that the word impossible mm. is not a spiritual construct. And, and that's the thing that I want to talk to you about because dream like Jesus mm-hmm. is not dreaming about compromise or a mediocre outcomes. That's right. It's quite different. In your words, can you talk to that the yeah. way you have in the book? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, dreaming like Jesus. So I think that Jesus was driven by a dream. Uh, this idea of the king, he called it the kingdom, the kingdom yeah. of heaven, yeah. the kingdom of God. He wasn't talking about what happens after you die. He was talking about what's possible while you're alive. That's right. And the way I envision it, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So that everything we think about heaven, all the beauty, the love, the light, the, the humor, the joy, the forgiveness, the acceptance, the equity, the justice, the inclusion, all of that, that that's not just for some time later or some other place, but that's for us to live and experience right now. And that somehow we live in such a way that people experience that around us, with us, through us. Again, it's not about working harder 80 hours a week and going to change the whole world. It's about having a shift in consciousness and living from that space such that our, you know, the way we live reflects that. Yeah. I want to talk with you about that in depth as well, because one of the things I was really, well, first of all, what I really love about the book is not just talking with us about things, but really inviting us to imagine things yes. and, and taking us through uh, what I call beautiful experiential sheets to really pinpoint where we are in our journey. Yeah. And then how to invoke others yeah. in the idea. So 16 years ago is when I started this dialing a wrong phone number, right? And I dialed into an internet station. My listeners have heard me tell this story. And anytime I was asked about it, I never really talked about why I did that and why I paid thousands of dollars in 2003 for a show on the internet. And when I talk about it now, I basically say, I based, look, I heard a voice that literally gave me a sense of knowing to just do it. I could never have been, I couldn't have predicted three months later, five days a week out of sea. I couldn't have predicted where I am today. So how do we help people, Mm -hmm. especially the way you talk about it, how we help, how do we help folks even today in what's going on in the world? How do we help them dream like Jesus? Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing, and you, so, you such a great story, Dr. Pat, but the first thing is to pay attention to that inner prompting that's already there. Uh, probably wasn't a mistake. Probably wasn't a wrong number that you called. Pay attention to that still small voice, that feeling in the gut, that flash of an idea. I've learned um, 
as I pray upon awakening on a daily basis, you know, to ask God's guidance and for that spiritual inspiration, that what I think are stray thoughts are not stray thoughts. They're promptings from the spirit. And when I pay attention to those promptings, I know then that I'm on a path and I begin to trust what I'm hearing and trust the calling that's in my life. And you're right. That's the first step to dreaming like Jesus, because I believe it's within. It's not so much, oh, I got to figure out something important to do out there or make myself, you know, worth living. No, the answers are deep in our souls already. And it's just about opening up in whatever way you do to that. One of the most challenging questions I get about, you know, sharing, sometimes sharing what my spiritual beliefs are. And when I went down to that, um, that music video, um, I got asked a lot of questions. Mm. The one question I get asked about what I believe and how I believe it, it doesn't come from verses in the Bible. It does come from my mom. So my stepmom. So I want to ask you about this because here's this woman, right? And anybody knows anything about folks that come from the deep South and back in the day, like my mom had my, my sister uh, Joyce at 12 and my sister Mm -hmm. Doris at 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Right. Yep. But here's what I learned before I learned any of what you and I are going to talk about here today. My mom talked about a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and a belief that included every walking living person on Mm -hmm. the planet. You know, my mama marched in Mm -hmm. some of the marches down in the South for equal rights. Right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is before I got to understand, um, before I got to understand what came out about spirituality, religion, and Jesus about who not to include. Mm. The hardest thing for me to reconcile in my own life was this figure that loved everyone, according to my mom, that included everyone, that included every religion, that included every sexual preference, that included whether you're short, you're tall, you're smart, you're not smart included everyone yeah and that was difficult for me because i came from a religion that was based on fear and now i got my mother Mm. talking to us three girls about you just gotta love everybody yeah yeah so either god is love or god is not (laughs) (laughs) and it's that simple if god is love you know and um if it turns out that god doesn't love the same people you don't love maybe that's not really god you know and it does it it opens the heart it stretches the heart in the brain to really imagine what does it really mean that god loves everyone you know i don't love everybody i'll tell you the truth i don't i don't uh i i can generate love for people maybe i should put it this way i don't like everybody um not everybody likes me okay but to be to be a follower of the spiritual path of love right. is to be willing to have one's heart wrenched open and one's mind opened to see things in a new way. The very I'm married for the second time to a wonderful husband Jerry Gonzalez. My first husband um, turns out he was transgender. Now, not actively at the time, but it was a it was an impulse within, and um, that opened my mind. Uh, yep. That opened my heart. So now when people talk about um, issues of human sexuality, of gender, it's like, you know what? I knew and loved somebody that didn't ask for this. It's who they were. Yeah. And the more life experiences we have and the more we share our stories, the more I think the sense of God opens up like, oh, and this and this and getting away from our doctrines. And that's the thing. When Jesus came to me in that vision, he didn't like, give me a scroll to sign. Okay. Sign right here. And then I'll love you. You know, it wasn't anything like no. that. It was like, get you. I understand you. I accept you. I love you. There was no strings attached. And so for me, that's how I came into the world of, of knowing Jesus and being a disciple and a follower of his. It's no strings attached. And so trying to put all these strictures in, but you can't love these people and you don't talk to those people. That's hard because there are people with whom I 
I disagree on things. And it's not always easy to have conversations with folks like that. But I'm called to love those people too, right? Yeah. Like I want them to love me. And so I really do think it's a much bigger world and it's a much bigger God than most of us are really comfortable with. But isn't what you and I are talking about, and this is what I love about this, and I want to talk about this when we come back, because it really talks to the core of your book and and what you teach others. And that is dream like Jesus. What does that mean? When you think about that and you think about what this man was able to accomplish in a short period of time, in a very small geographical journey. And we think about where we are today. The question then comes up is why are people either moving away from philosophies of love or as you point in the book, their decline? Mm-hmm. only in certain areas mm-hmm. why is it in some christian areas mm-hmm. the message is so powerful mm-hmm. that people will go out of their way to buy satellite radio so as not to miss the chat when we come mm-hmm. back we're going to take a journey about what this means to dream like jesus how did jesus do with conflict mm-hmm. how was it that jesus always had a place to stay always had food to eat What was it about that? Was it a thought about scarcity or not enoughness? What was it about that, that Reverend Rebecca Simon Peter is bringing us today that we can all have? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Orika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am soul stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. Hey everybody, welcome back. 
So great to have all of you tune us in. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to the Dr. Pat Show. Com, or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Um, and uh, this show, by the way, will air again later tonight. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I think Facebook, it just stays there. Uh, but you could also go over to our YouTube channel at Transformation Talk Radio over there, and you'll see a later version of it. Um, Reverend Rebecca, would you mind for folks, how do they get a copy of the book first off? Yeah. And then also, how do they find out more about you? Excellent. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So the book is Dream Like Jesus, Deepen Your Faith and Bring the Impossible to Life. And you can go to Amazon.com to find it there. Uh, and any other independent bookseller um, should be able to get it for you. And you can find out more about me at my website, RebeccaSimonPeter.com. I'll spell that. R-E-B-E-K-A-H. S-I-M-O-N-P-E-T-E-R.com or cultureofrenewal.com. Those are the, the, the legion of the same place to my website. And uh, you can find out more about me there, the book, and all the other work that I'm doing. So, yeah, I, I want to thank you so much for this. There's so much in the book, but I want to ask you, I want to kind of get back to what we were talking about during the break. Yeah. Are, are our mainstream congregations are they in trouble? Where are they? Because I was sharing with you that one of the largest centers here in Seattle went from like 3,300, a great hall, mm. to renting space maybe on a Sunday. Wow. I never quite understood that. And it seemed to happen so fast. But yet, I think I do understand it after reading your book. But is this okay. happening all over yeah. or? Yeah, yeah. let me tell you about it. I, this is the reason I wrote the book. Uh, okay. I wrote the book because I had experienced miracles in my life. I had this Jesus experience. He came to me. I realized through my recovery work that life is not a fixed reality, that you co-create your reality. Jesus says it in the Bible over and over, but the church isn't practicing that generally. They're not dreaming like Jesus. And what I mean by that is that they're more focused on the institution itself and surviving than they are on actually carrying the message. Um, and when I talk about dreaming like Jesus, I'm talking about um, a vision that's bigger than you are, that scares you, that absolutely needs God in order for it to be accomplished, that unifies and inspires people because it's something bigger than what you've currently undertaken, and um, that it's, it's, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. So the churches that aren't doing that, those are the churches that are struggling. Those are the churches that have the symptoms of decline. And what's interesting is you can see, you know, theologically from your spiritual center uh, all the way to Joel Osteen. I mean, there's a huge theological spectrum out there. Some of those churches are doing well and some of those churches are not. It's not really about the theology, I don't think. I think it's about the vision. It's about the dream. It's about envisioning something that actually draws people in, that your people, whoever they are, can get excited about. So to dream like Jesus is to, is to have something much bigger. And, you know, to bring in coronavirus for a second. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden now, churches are doing things they were never able to do before. No kidding. Their buildings. And so the coronavirus has done for us what we could not do for ourselves as church leaders. Now, all of a sudden, people aren't saying anymore, well, we can't do it. We've never done it that way before when it comes to online worship or online giving. What they're saying is, hey, whatever it takes for us to stay connected, we're willing to do. Oh, huge shift right there. Um, number two, we're battling something we've never lived through before a pandemic like this. No, no way. And we're rising to these new heights. People are pivoting in their faith and the way they deliver church in a way that never has happened before because we're taking on something bigger than we are. Now, we didn't choose this. This wasn't our Jesus-like dream. But all of a sudden, it's about how do we pull people together? How do we thrive in uh, sort of unfriendly, disconnected circumstances? So whether the church is meeting in a building or the church is meeting online, you've got to have a dream that's bigger than you are, that requires God, that inspires people, and, and in which the focus is not on the institution itself, our little survival, it's on the community, it's on the people. And that's one of the big changes we've seen now. One of the old messages in church was, well, we don't really know the community. We don't really know the people. We can't really connect. Now everybody gets, we are the community you know, in a positive yeah. and a negative way. 
oh, my little droplets could be a problem, you know? Oh, oh, and my contribution could be the answer. So there's some neat things that are happening. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was in So first of all, one of the things you just said has really been a cornerstone for me in my life. So Mm -hmm. most people, when they're in recovery, all anybody knows is about the 12 steps, right? Yeah. Um, but my recovery in 1990, I work with somebody uh, out of New York, and he focused on what we call promises. Yeah. And I and it's become the those 12 promises have become the cornerstone for my life and the way I live yeah. it. But the yeah. one you just mentioned is is the promise that we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. ourselves. Yes. And my friend and I were talking about it the other day. And it's so funny that you're on today. And I just had, um, you call this, let me paraphrase. You refer to what the pinnacle of your message is from me is to get our spiritual mojo. I think that's what you call it, right? Yes, yes, it To get is. our spiritual mojo on. Yeah, I absolutely. couldn't agree with you more. My friend said to me, Pat, don't you remember the prayer of Habez? I said, you mean Jabez? No, he says Habez. And I said, okay, I do remember that prayer. And he said, do you remember the prayer itself has two parts? And I hadn't thought about it. And he says, remember that what the ask was, and this is totally related, I think, to what we're about to talk about. So do you remember what the ask was? I said, yeah, the ask was, give me more territory and get rid of my pain. (laughs) I mean, now I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, right. And many people don't focus on the give me more territory. Mm -hmm. And I thought, is that like a weird request? Like, wouldn't you just say, get rid of my pain? Mm. no and then we talked about this for at at length and I went back to a series of books that Catherine Ponder put out I have the entire series Mm. and actually that was one of the things that I looked at way way back in 1990 Mm. and the series talks about the millionaires from this thousands of years ago okay and they talked about when we see these people like Moses and they walk the earth, we forget that in today's day and age, mm. people were millionaires. They had yeah. sheep, they had land. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. prayer didn't make sense to me today, mm. but I think we forgot that part. I think we forgot the part of the ask. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. Jesus said over and over, ask, ask and you shall receive, no knock and the door will be opened unto you. And it's really about the ask. It really is about the ask. It, because just like you started off with cup half empty, half full, it's overflowing. There's so much. And the way I envision prayer is that the moment we ask, it's like there's a conveyor belt. And then the, like, the answer to prayer gets plopped on this conveyor belt. The conveyor belt you know, comes towards us. And it's going to come all the way. Your prayers are going to be answered unless you say, oh, gosh, I don't know if I could really handle that much blessing. I am not sure I could handle, you know, the answer to that prayer. I don't know if I could handle a project that's bigger than I am. And the moment we express doubt, it's like it flips the switch on the conveyor belt. It's not that God doesn't want to bless us. It's not that the world isn't full of blessing for us. It's our own self-doubt that gets in the way. And we stop allowing We stop allowing all that abundance and not just physical abundance, not just like material, but spiritual abundance, self-confidence, these dreams, you know, that can change the world. And um, right now I'm in the middle of the 40 days of apostleship. I've got a a series going on because it's Lent, right? It's uh, we started Ash Wednesday, which was a really different world back in February 26th than the one we're living in. It goes to Easter. And this period of Lent is a preparation for Easter. For the rising again yeah that many mainline kinds of uh, denominations pay, pay attention to the spiritual preparation and so i'm writing about the 40 days of apostleship and instead oh. of giving up something you know like give up meat have fish or whatever yeah it's really about shifting our focus and shifting our consciousness so that we're not only believing in jesus we're believing like jesus because the world is ready for us to be unleashed the world is ready. I mean, you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Even, even 
inside every human being, they're ready for something more. And the, the 40 days of apostleship is this opportunity to tap into that spiritual mojo. What did Jesus believe? How can I believe like that? That's what apostles did. They, they believed like Jesus so they could um, do the things he asked them to do. That's, that's the world we live in now, Pat. People are ready. People are ready. Um, uh, And, you know, I want to talk to you. I want to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk to you about some of the ways that you in the book, some of the ways you share to help people make this shift. Because I, I think that it's one thing to really talk about things. But I remember for me, you know, I was given very specific things to do to, to help me get from complete despair, mm-hmm. you know, suicidal tendency to go from there, right? Mm-hmm. Being at rock bottom, never thinking anything at all would happen in my life. Yeah. But it wasn't just about yes, right? Asking you shall receive. Mm-hmm. It was you must do some things to really help reframe the wiring that you might have in yourself. So when we come back, this is the work that you do, help people making that shift, both energetically, Mm -hmm. spiritually, and in the practical world, materially. When we come back, let's talk about this because you have literally created a spiritual mojo formula. Let's take Mm -hmm. a break, everybody. We'll be right back. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Living a richly abundant life sound too good to be true? Listen in to Richly Abundant Women with Julie Steelman on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Embrace a vibrant future of breaking free financially and creating a richly abundant life filled with prosperity and growth. To learn more about Julie Steelman and Richly Abundant Women, visit www.juliesteelman.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Do you know how powerful your thoughts and beliefs are in determining your experience of your life? Is it really true that simply by changing some of the words you use in your day-to-day language that you can change your life? I'm Megan Edge. Join me on Playing on the Edge Radical Change with Ease with my co-host Dr. Pat on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the dog consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So glad to have Reverend Reverend Rebecca joining me here today. The book is Dream Like Jesus. There's a lot in this book, but what, what I'm really struck by, uh, Rebecca, is the fact that it's not just a book that's beautifully written with great stories, but it's also a how-to. 
Yeah. And I think so often when we talk about these ideas and we talk about how Jesus lived and dreamed, Mm -hmm. and we talk about people that walked the earth thousands of years ago, we forget the practicality part. Like, by the way, Jesus had to eat and sleep. Yeah. So this, though, also talks about how you go from shifting mindset to shifting materially. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was a very practical guy, very spiritual and very practical. So what I lay out in the book is a time-tested process that we use in our Creating a Culture of Renewal groups with church leaders across the country. And it's the model is DARE, D-A-R-E. The first step is to dream. You got to have that dream. You know, something that's bigger than you are, that expands assumptions about what's possible, that scares you, that requires God. It's not about you. It's about the community. And that inspires and unifies people. You got to have this dream. It's got to be worth living for. It's got to be worth getting up for. And it's got to be worth um, giving your all to. Um, the second piece of dare is to align people to the dream. You cannot carry out a dream like this on your own. And Jesus didn't. This is the single biggest mistake churches and church leaders make. They think, oh, our pastor is sort of the equivalent of Jesus. They're going to do it all. No, they're not. If they're actually going to be the equivalent of Jesus, they're going to delegate and empower and authorize you to, to use your agency to be a part of something bigger than you are. So the first step is dreaming. The second step, is, it, it, part of that is sharing that dream so widely that you, A, align people to your dream, that other people get so excited by it, they buy in. And you'll know that people are excited by your dream when they start repeating it back to you and they're telling you, oh, hey, I got this idea or you know what we should do. That's when you know other people have bought in. Now, we look at Jesus's life. He shared the dream. He went around preaching the kingdom and then he called people to him. He called apostles to him that he then taught and then he sent them back out to realize the dream. That's the third step. Dream, align, realize. When you've got the dream, you've got people on board with you, then you can actually together go realize the dream, bring it to fruition, bring it, bring it to pass, let it happen. Um, Jesus did that through his people. He wasn't the only one doing his deal. And then the fourth part that E in dare is to expand. Uh Once you've shared your dream, once you've aligned people to the dream, you're not in it by yourself. You've got a team of people. You've got a network. You've got a community. And you're actually out there bringing this dream to pass. What happens after that? It's like this stone in the water and the ripple effects. You have no idea where they're going to go. But if you have the courage to just try what you're being prompted to do, you're going to find out that the most amazing things begin to happen. And that's the expansion part. People's faith grow new ideas come about, you grow in ways you hadn't even anticipated, and the person you wind up as is very different than the person you started off as. And your whole team evolves with you as you go. Yeah. And I, I think what you're bringing forward, and I, I want to get back to this, but I want to make sure before we do, um, how do people find out about this program? Could you give your website again? Absolutely. Thank you. The Thank program you. is called Creating a Culture of Renewal. It's a three-year in-depth immersion for church leaders, laity or clergy, that teaches them how to expand their emotional intelligence, how to have leadership smarts, how to shift a culture, how to grow in apostleship, not just discipleship. And you can find out about it on my website, uh, creating, you go to cultureofrenewal.com, cultureofrenewal.com, or my name, Rebecca RebeccaSimonPeter.com, R-E-B-E. K-A-H-S-I-M-O-N-P-E-T-E-R. And I spell that for everybody. (laughs) I love it. Peter.com, yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing I want to bring in towards the end of this. You know, for a lot of years, I had, and this, of course, you and I both know this quote, right? But I can't tell you for decades, I misquoted this quote until... I saw it in a television series on a church. I must admit it was The Walking Dead. And it was up on the, I'm serious. It was like there was a scene from this in a chapel and this quote was on there and I looked at it and I said, man, they got that wrong. And then I looked it up. So here's what it is. For years, I said, faith without works is death. 
D-E-A-T-H, death for years. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, but it's still the same. And this is what I want to talk about now, because I think this quote, I can't remember if it was, I don't know, maybe it was James, whoever it was, Mm -hmm. faith without works is dead. Now that is a quote that you and also, you and I both know from the program, right? Mm -hmm. That is a quote that is so important. And it speaks to what you're talking about. But it doesn't really get to the next part, the, the later on, the things that come after that verse, which is you what you talk about. So if you take faith and you take works mm-hmm. and you take love and you take possibility and you mm-hmm. put them all together, mm-hmm. that's the way you've done it in the book. Yeah. You're saying faith, great. Yep. Works, great. Yeah. Put them together. Got to put them together. (laughs) That's where the miracles happen. That's where the miracles happen. Because it takes something, you know, you have this idea, you have this belief, you have this prompting to actually step out in faith and to put it into practice. Now you've entered into the realm where the miraculous can happen because now you're meeting God. And I talk about this in the book. I talk about how co-creating miracles with God is like being in a dance. Years ago, uh, I love to dance. I did a ballroom dance series of classes. And I never really knew how the waltz and all that worked. I mean, I could see the steps. But what I discovered is that the, the, the lead and the follow, the man and the woman, as it were, press hands together. The woman has to meet that man's uh, uh, um, hand with equal force. He's not trying to overpower her and she doesn't overpower him, but they have to be like this because that's how he steers. And the more firm her hand is, the more she can be led through these, incre- I was led through these incredible intricate steps. And that's how it is with us and God. If we show up ready, willing, able, believing in ourselves, not just believing in God, but believing in ourselves, then God can work with us. <laughs> oh my God. You and I could do a whole show on what, how you learn trust and faith and dancing, because there's another part of it that I didn't get. I always got that part, right? Okay, yeah. The part I didn't get, which my friends are like, dude, we can't teach you how to do this dance because you just don't do it. And that is when the arm goes around your back. Yep. You're supposed to lean back lean into it. Yes. You're supposed yes. to lean back. Yes. Contact, pressure. That's called together. trust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Thank it's you so much for today. One last question. Um, I'd love to know what your personal message is. And thank you so much for taking this message out. Mm-hmm. What do you would what would you like to leave us with today? What I'd like you to leave, what I'd like to leave you with is you are capable of so much more than you think you are because you're not just a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You are made of humanity and divinity together. Don't leave out one or the other. Put them together and watch miracles happen. You and God and the world together. Oh, I love it. And what Reverend Rebecca says is you got to get your spiritual mojo on. It's your spiritual mojo, yeah. All right. Thank Thank you you. so much. It was a pleasure Uh, to be with you. Hey, everybody. I love this book. And I just want to say I didn't get to everything in it. So you're going to have to go get the book and read it. Let's take a short break, Benny. Olivia, we'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.